Welcome, everybody, to the Week 8 Recap on Unsportsmanlike Commentary. This is DC. I'm joined with Tyler, and we are here to bring you unfiltered, uncensored football conversation. Tyler, how's, how's your day going? Pretty good. Um, sorry to everybody this is going out day late. Um, it's just, just a little crazy in the world, and DC and I are both on very busy schedules as yes. of late. That is very true. Uh, and, you know, to be fair, I don't think anyone would have paid attention to us anyway because everyone was glued to their TVs probably yesterday. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, but we are here to talk about football, which I think we could all use a break from whatever else is going on in your world and just have some good old fashioned sports talk. And uh, we are going to be recapping uh, the games from the weekend. We're going to be going over our report card, and then we're going to give you guys a preview of the Week 9 Thursday night matchup. So let's go ahead and jump straight into it. Uh, Tyler, we're going to be talking today about what was the thing you were most correct about, thing you were most wrong about, and your biggest takeaway. Uh, let's go ahead and get you started. All right, so to be fair, and listeners, you will be – you'll figure out that – DC and I were not right about a lot of shit this week. Oh, and bad. I mean, in fairness, I don't think anybody listening would have picked some of the teams that won this week. That, that actually, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be taking that pick sitting where you're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to focus on what I was most right about to the fantasy aspect <clears throat> for my bust pick at the quarterback position this last week. I had Josh Allen as my bust, someone who could fall out of the top 15. He finished 19th against New England. You're talking about like Josh Allen has struggled these last four weeks. Struggled. Like it has been – Zach Moss is is offering up a little bit of a light of hope for that offense, but Josh Allen is, while he may have a stronger arm, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, Josh Allen can't get it done by himself. Right. You know, you know, you, you bring up a good point. You know, physically, they have a lot of the similar attributes, but Patrick Mahomes is just a, a different level of player, uh, especially when you think about his composure and approach to the game. Yeah, I, I don't know how many times I've seen Patrick Mahomes scrambling, scrambling, scrambling. And as he's about to run out of bounds, he finds a guy open 15, 20 yards down the field and darts it to him, right? He has that ability to extend plays with his arm, with his legs, and with his mind. Because he he sees the game. He understands the game. He's very patient. Even when you feel like he's being rushed, he's still being patient out there. And that's what Patrick Mahomes, I think, does better than any other quarterback in this league possibly Russell Wilson being the exception. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is like that once in a generation type player. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people, including myself, really um, expected this to be the year where Josh Allen takes that step forward Um, because, you know, their running game hasn't been great throughout the time they've had Josh Allen. But, you know, everyone thought this would be the year Devin Singletary, you know, would be stepping up and he fucking hasn't. Zach Moss turned out a nice game that you correctly predicted. Um, I, 
everyone thought this would be the year, especially when they tr- gave up a boatload of picks to bring Stefan Diggs in from Minnesota. And through the first four weeks, everyone was pretty much right. Right. But you got to look at the quality of teams he was playing. The, the right. Jets, Miami, the Rams being the one exception. But, I mean, as we just watched this this last well, week, the Rams have the potential to, to shit the bed every once in a while. They do, but I'm going to go ahead and say Miami isn't that terrible either. Um, right now, but Miami was week two. Right. Um, so I think you're correct. Uh, the bills have not quite lived up to the expectation. I mean, win loss category, they're six and two. They're, they're, they're doing just as well, if not maybe a little better than anyone thought they would be at this point in the year. All right. But they've been winning very ugly and they haven't looked great. And one thing that I've noticed is they haven't had a complete game in a while where they've put it all together. And that includes actually the start of the season and the start of the season, they were putting up the offense looked great, but the defense was letting teams back into it. And recently the, the defense is starting to look a little better, but then the offense has started to plummet. Right. And you've seen Josh Allen, he's had his struggles. The rushing game up until uh, last week has struggled. Stefan Diggs has been pretty good most of the weeks, pretty consistent, but the Bills have yet to really put together a complete game where they're hitting on all assets of the game. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, realistically, like, yes, they are six and two. But they are, in my eyes, watching this team every week. Are because who the Bears just lost, so they're not they're, what they're six and two now. Are they five and three? Uh, I believe they're five and three. Okay, well, regardless, the Bills are one of the most suspect six and two teams I've seen in quite a while, and it's a lot to the points that you're making. They're winning. Mm-hmm but they're winning very ugly. Like legitimately you are, if Cam Newton doesn't fumble that football, that, that ball doesn't get punched out. It's at least going to overtime at least. Mm-hmm. And I'd be willing to hedge my bets because the Patriots had a couple timeouts. They had some, they, they could have worked that clock and found a way to get yeah. that ball in the end zone. Like, yeah. It's ugly. It's a win. A dub's a dub, but it was it was ugly. This upcoming week for Josh Allen is, if there's a week to get it right, it's this week facing the worst defense in the NFL in Seattle. So, so yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of reason to be pessimistic about the Bills at six and two. As far as you're right, that they aren't a very good looking six and two team. I would say for Bills fans. Uh, I'm one of them. If there's a reason for optimism is that they've shown flashes of competence in each asset fat, like facet of the game. They just haven't shown it all put together. And when they can do that, the potential is still there. I, I don't think this is a team that has hit its ceiling. The question is, are they going to hit their ceiling? And right now they're leaving a lot of reason to doubt that. Yep. Yeah. That's a hundred percent right. Like you can show flashes that you're competent because I mean, I mean, I mean, there's another team that we're going to get into 
later on in this fucking episode that has shown this season and in seasons past that they show flashes that they're competent and mm-hmm. fucking you face a decent opponent and well fucking the wheels on the bus come falling off dude right um but yeah we, 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 why don't you get into what you were most correct about so the thing i was most correct about i was also kind of wrong about but i'm gonna go and look at the the steelers and ravens game which by the way congratulations that was your first upset pick that proved to be correct thank you um you had the steelers winning i had the ravens winning i did not have them covering and here's what i was correct about in this game right because we we were talking about this is we had two defensive teams and a lot of people were thinking it was going to be a low scoring game and i literally said on the last podcast this game's going to probably have a score of somewhere around 27 to 24 well the score was 28 to 24 so i was pretty pretty damn close on the score i got the wrong team though but Given whenever the Ravens and, and Steelers play each other, I really believe it's going to be more or less of a, a coin flip type of a situation as to who is going to win, which is why I was surprised to see that the Baltimore Ravens had a four and a half point line and why it was so easy for me to pick them at under. Uh, the Steelers obviously ended up winning, which was a great game for the Steelers. They are still undefeated. Well, would you say the Steelers are the best team in the league right now? Right now, front to back, yeah. Yeah, I would. They are one the most complete team in the NFL. Yes. When you're looking on both sides of the ball. Yeah. But it's it's hard to say that this team isn't the best team left in the NFL when they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL. Yeah. Um, like I, I like you and I have had just like random text conversations through like quarantine and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. like give me three teams who you know you're not a fan of but you root for and like one of right. mine was for the Steelers mm-hmm. I'm a huge Mike Tomlin fan you know and I he, am too. he just surpassed uh Tony Dungy for the second most wins by a African-American coach um I don't I don't necessarily like the whole you know he has the second most wins as the African African American coach. He's he's seven and zero right now. He has a Super Bowl ring. right, right. No, like Mike, yeah. Mike Tomlin, unless it's a he took look at going eight and eight last year with backup quarterbacks. Correct. Like Correct. like Mike third Tomlin. string. Yes. Right. Like he he like if he was coaching the Dallas Cowboys right now, the Dallas Cowboys might have at least three or four wins on the season. Maybe Ooh, maybe I not. Don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. He, but he could win with a guy like Danucci. He throw Danucci on the Steelers. He might still be able to pull out, like you said, an eight and eight type season. Danucci's is, not starting either. <laughs> he is currently, uh, is it seven or no? Yeah, they're yeah, not they're yeah, seven, yeah, seven or no. They're not. I was, uh, I couldn't remember if they had their buy or not, but they have because of the COVID uh, stuff. But he's seven or no, and his starting quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger, who is showing his age. Mm. Right. When you said they're the most complete team, I agree with you, but they do have a weakness, and that oh, is yeah. a quarterback, right? Like, I don't think there's a team out there currently that does not have a weakness. The Chiefs are maybe the closest thing to that. But the Steelers are a very complete team when you talk about both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, they can dominate the game either direction. 
especially on defense, right? The Chiefs don't have the defense that the Steelers have. Right. Uh, but the 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 fact that Ben Roethlisberger is still getting wins with the Steelers very consistently, uh, given that he he just is not the same player he has been in the past, tells you how good one the receivers have been. Like the, that receiving core has been excellent. Uh, two, the coaching, and three, the defense, because the defense is keeping them in every game. You're leaving out a big piece of that. The uh, James Conner. Their running game as a whole. Yeah, no, like absolutely. Even, absolutely. Given, give with this yeah. last week. Being I, I was kind of, I was throwing that in with kind of the coaching because the coaching obviously, like like Mike Shanahan in San Francisco, the coaching Kyle. dictates a lot. Of, Kyle, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan. The coaching dictates a lot of the running. Um, you know, you can throw James Conner in there, and when he gets, we saw Week One, he got hurt like you know the first drive of the game, and then yeah. they throw in Benny Snell, and he looks like a uh, Pro Bowl running back all of a sudden. Yeah, no, I, you're in, you're right in your, in your take on the Steelers. Like they are, they, they're the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah. yeah. But their biggest question mark is the quarterback position. Ben's maybe got this. I like realistically injuries and all through all that shit. I think he's maybe entering his last to second to last season, probably at least with the Steelers, mm-hmm. at least with the Steelers, because at a certain point, like, yes, Ben Roethlisberger, ben Roethlisberger turned more into a game manager type of quarterback than like the gunslinger he was when he was drafted. He still gunslings a little bit. He's just not very it's just It just it. goes to the, <laughs> it goes to the wrong team now. It does. But, but you're right in the sense that he does, is more of a game manager and he's a very good Yes. Manager. Yes. He, he does. He does exactly what Mike Tomlin needs him to do in that offense Mm -hmm. to be able to produce wins. And it shows with the seven and no record. Correct. A bigger, a a more glaring thing that a fan fans of the opposite team should be worrying about Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson's regressing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I so I actually when I was looking at like at the start of the season, I looked at ADPs and you know like all the the pre-draft stuff. I had him pegged as due to regress. I did not think it would be at this level though. Here's and here's the the argument I made. Uh, well, not the argument, like the comparison I made yesterday morning at work. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is starting to have some of the effects in a, as a passer. He see he can still make it work with his legs like the person I'm going to compare him to. Mm-hmm. Um he's having the regressions as a as a as a passer the same way that Colin Kaepernick did. Mm-hmm. Once defense has figured out how to take your legs 80% out of the game mm-hmm. and force you to sit back and throw it. They're going to put you into positions to make you make mistakes. You're going to underthrow. You're going to overthrow. You're a strong-armed quarterback. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is going to have like a fallout type of career like Colin Kaepernick did. And no, that has absolutely nothing with any of the stances he took. He is legitimately burnt the fuck out of the NFL. Right, right. Like he was not. Colin Kaepernick is not in the league, not due to political reasons, but due to the professional skill reasons. Oh. 
maybe well, political. I mean, let, whatever. Let's be fair. At this point, when you're looking at some of the fucking quarterbacks who have started over the last couple of years, sure. <laughs> yeah, he probably deserved a look, but he's yeah, just I mean, not. Yeah, he's just not that good anymore. And I, I agree with what you're saying as far as the way Lamar Jackson has regressed. Um, and, and I think that you know this is a this is a copycat league right where you you see a team execute a game plan that works against something that has been difficult to tackle other teams are going to see what they did they're going to watch the tape they're going to copy it right yeah the the titans last year with a very average defense that they had were able to slow down lamar jackson quite a bit in that right, playoff right. game right and they kind of showed a blueprint on how to beat him yeah. And teams watched that. They saw it. They copied it. Right. So the, the league has adjusted to Lamar. The question is, will Lamar adjust to the league? Because yeah. if he does, he can go back to being that elite caliber quarterback. But currently he is a good, but unspectacular quarterback. That is where he's regressed to this season. Yeah. It, it's, it's yet to be seen. Uh, I certainly haven't seen it. That's who I wanted to compare Buffalo to because Baltimore's five and two. They've already had their bye week. Um, but Buffalo being six and two, like these are two of the more suspect above average teams in the NFL right, right now when you're talking about complete completeness as a whole for, for an organization. Right. And, and I think for both organizations, the talent is there on both sides of the ball. The question is, can they put it together and show up consistently. And right now both teams are, are leaving their fans with big question marks in those departments. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's go ahead. Uh, we, we talked about what we were most correct about. Let's go ahead and talk about what we were most wrong about. And there is, there is plenty <laughs> to, to choose from this week. I mean, look, football is not a, an exact science, but we are we have consistently been correct somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 70% of our predictions and uh th- this week we actually i think we failed to hit 50%. Yeah. And um there's a lot of games that you and I both picked that we were wrong about that big really upset we- weekend. Big upset weekend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there was one game that I picked I'm just going to get this out of the way now. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about this game. I have no fucking idea what the fuck came over me. Taking the fucking 49ers. Beating the Seahawks on the road. Good. This this team's done. This team, like if, if there was even like a pulse left in this 49ers team, it's over now. It's over. You, you lost. You, you saw Garoppolo. I, in, in my opinion, yeah, I'm sure he has an ankle sprain. Um, but I think he was kind of, he was kind of playing it up a little bit. Look at what I'm going through. I don't, I don't believe you because if it was that big of an issue, you shouldn't have started. You shouldn't have been playing the last couple of weeks. Ever since the Miami game, then like, fucking stop. Um, yeah. Uh, 49ers got their asses blown out. Uh, I actually had the, the the privilege of watching this game uh, with with my family, um, my 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 parents and my sister. And I hear your dad is a big Jimmy G fan. Oh, he can't get enough of Garoppolo, oh. and he doesn't understand my 
my lack of faith and my critiques in the man because he's like, well, he just took us to a Super Bowl. No, he didn't. Uh, no, that defense, that run game, that's what got us to the Super Bowl. And, not and, and Kittle. And Kittle. And Kittle. Um, I, 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 I had – this is the first 49ers game I've got to watch with my dad since the week eight showing against Green Bay last year uh, around Thanksgiving time where the Niners blew the brakes off of them. Um, I watched I watched Jimmy Garoppolo uh, suck really bad. Really, really, really bad. He was, 11 he was of, awful. 11 of 16 for 84 yards and a pick. Yeah. When you have 16 pass attempts and you get 84 yards out of that, that is awful. But that goes to show he's he can't throw the ball down the field. No, he can't. Like the, the Yak brothers in the Bay Area are because Garoppolo's giving him the ball on either two to three yard slants or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, but here's where I told my dad, I don't want to hear another fucking word about Garoppolo. Because Garoppolo played for – two and a half, two and three quarters of that game mm-hmm. led one scoring drive. Nick Mullins came in <laughs> yeah. and led three. He, he, he led three offensive drives. All three led to touchdowns. I told, I was like, I don't want to hear another fucking word about Garoppolo. He's done. He legitimately probably just played his last game as a 49er. Yeah. Cut bait, let him go because he's out for at least six weeks. Kittle's out for the season, um, and then not only let's add into the fact that uh, 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 Kendrick Bourne just tested positive for COVID. De- or Debo or not Debo, fucking uh, Brandon Ayuk is on the COVID list now, so he's not playing tomorrow night. Trent Williams, their star left tackle, he's not playing tomorrow night. Um, Tevin Coleman uh, came back for a half of football off the IR, and he's right back on it. <sighs> Cut, just, just cut it. I, I don't even want to talk about how good Seattle looked. Like it should have been way worse. Should have been way worse. I, 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 I mean, fuck- they, they looked really good for three quarters. Then they just kind of like, yeah, whatever. <sighs> they, 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 they should have. They had two. Their first drive ended in a three and out, and then they, like the next drive, and they picked up a first down and then punted again. <clears throat> Where Garoppolo should have taken advantage and gotten some points, but no. Um, and mind you, this is my complete sum. I haven't done a for the faithful episode this week. Been pretty fucking busy. I'm this is this little four minute fucking segment is the that that's for, thank you for listening to for the faithful and scene. I'm done talking about this fucking game. All right. So I will get into my biggest mistake that I made in predicting the week and it is actually going to be a fantasy one. And I, I got a, I, I, I owe an apology to a uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Mm, yeah. Okay. I, I owe him an apology because so I saw it, the Jets and chiefs game being a blowout and it was, it was, but it took longer than I anticipated to become a blowout. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes this season, he has been a little bit of a boomer bust, right? Sure. He is either crushing it, number one QB of the week, or he's like meh, kind of middle of the pack. And I looked at the games. He was number one. He'd been number one against Baltimore. And that was a big hyped up game against Lamar Jackson. There was a lot of incentive for him to show up for that one. 
he was number one against Las Vegas because they were beating them and he had to obviously play and make plays to, to try to come back. So they ended up falling short, but still he was number one again in week in week eight. And I had him at number 11. And I, I sincerely thought that against the New York jets, there wouldn't be much reason for him to have to do very much. Well, here, here's what he did. He did 31 for uh, a 42 throwing for 416 yards five touchdowns 37 fantasy points and a qb finish of guess what number one yep. so patrick mahomes i am sorry i doubted you i i i messed up he he was he was excellent um the the jets to their credit hung around in this like they were never competitive like the chiefs were in control of the game from the get-go but the Jets hung around long enough that Patty Mahomes didn't get a chance to, to take his break until the nine minute 16 second mark in the fourth quarter. And that's when you saw him leave for the game. And by that point, he had he had put up fantasy numbers that any any fantasy owner would love to have any week. I would love to try and rub this in your face. I had him at three this week. Um, but I mean, like, if you go back to that to that fantasy pick podcast, I acknowledged that I understand why you had him so low based on the matchup. And I could see a finish like that. I did not see a a number one, especially when you look at, I mean, Russell Wilson had to finish too. Like there's no way the man threw for four fucking touchdowns. He had to finish too. He did. He did. Okay. So, but we both had Aaron Rodgers at one and Rodgers, that was a bad game where he finished five, but you're talking about who they're playing with Minnesota. Right. But that, that being said, I, I think, I think there's actually a reason as to why it took so fucking long for the Patriot or not the paid the fucking uh, the, the chiefs to be able to put this fucking team down. And you know, my fucking gripe with it. They tried to get Le'Veon Bell involved, Uh, and that stalled drives. How are you going to give a game against the Jets when you should be running the ball a lot? How are you going to give Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only six carries? Uh, How? Le'Veon Bell also had six. Here's the difference. Edwards-Hilaire went for 21 yards, three and a half a clip. Le'Veon Bell went for seven yards. 1.2 1.2 a clip. But Le'Veon Bell gets all the love in the passing game, which is fine. If that's how you want to play. If Le'Veon Bell is your pass catching back, fine. That means all the fucking running love should be going to Clyde Edwards Hilaire because Le'Veon Bell is continuing to prove that he's not shit since he left the fucking Steelers. Like he's not. He's out, he's he's averaging the same shit he was averaging with the Jets. He's not. He's not that patient, wait, let's see what happens type of fucking running back no more because he's, but no, he's not that finesse dude. He, he, he works in a passing offense. He doesn't work in a fucking, he doesn't work as a bell cow back. You I will, drafted I will say Edward under Andy Reed, I think that give him some time. He might find some kind of a role uh, where he's a little bit more productive and efficient, but you're right. Olivia Bell isn't, isn't the guy he used to be. He's he not. he 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 was he was the third leading rusher on this team in yards. Yeah. 
Yeah. Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams had half the carries over double the yards. Yeah, you want to talk about something else we were both wrong about? We we both had Le'Veon Bell as the RB twenty, the twentieth best running back, and uh, that <laughs> that that did not happen. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I. There ain't much to talk about uh, on the Jets' side of the ball. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to stay at Clemson because he wants another year to see if he can avoid playing for the Jets. Probably. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's just there's just nothing good about this team. They're going zero and eight, or they're going zero and sixteen. And there's actually a certain somebody who you and I work with who actually believes they have three winnable games this year. What? He's our former boss, and he believes really his hit that his team is going to win the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Really? Yes. Wow. Even That's... though even though his team already has an established QB1, mind you, hurt, but he's proven that in his absence, he was the guy making all the shit happen. Yeah. So we're talking about that yes. man who was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. And, yeah, no, uh, the Dallas he Cowboys also... are a train wreck, but I don't see them – I don't see them beating beating the Jets for the number one. He also listens to this podcast. Really? I know that for a fact that he listens to this shit. Okay. And what okay. I told him yesterday when he was flying this fucking nonsense my way, <laughs> I told him, like, let's just say that fucking pigs start a flapping and hell freezes over and somehow the Jets win three games and Cowboys get the number one overall pick. What should they do with that pick? Fucking trade it. Yeah. Trade it. And you could easily get five to six fucking picks, including two first rounders mm-hmm. for a team quarterback needy. I don't know. The Jaguars to fucking come up and get Trevor Lawrence. You have right. a quarterback. You have receivers. You need yeah. to, you need to fix you have your a running line. back. You need to fix your O-line, which, okay. The O-line doesn't even need that much repair. They just need to get healthy. They need to fix their defense. They have so many holes on defense. Oh, my God. Even even with health on the O-line. Like, yeah, that O-line's starting right. to get old. You right, need yeah. To you need to add some depth to it. Sure. To stay ahead of the fucking curve. Sure. That, that has been the, the Cowboys' bread and butter in the years where they win, you know, like seven or eight games, I suppose. They have a good O-line, and that has obviously eluded them this season. So, I'm Let's ready for my I'm ready for my biggest takeaway because it actually involves the Cowboys. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get right into it. I thought that was a nice little segue. Give me your biggest takeaway. Um, my biggest takeaway isn't so much a takeaway, more like a like a shrugged shoulder type of question like are the Washington football team like the favorite team in the NFC East now? I I don't know. It could be it could be the Giants, to be honest with you, because they at least play the no. Buccaneers close. I mean, dude. Who no. knows? <laughs> Who know? Like to to answer your question, if they very well could be. I, because it's that much of a shit show in the NFC East. Bro, Washington <laughs> is one game back of first place. Yeah. Philadelphia, I'm sorry. I hyped up Carson Wentz last week. 
for fantasy perspectives. Indeed thinking you that you're getting into this part of the schedule that this is where you need to start him. And he did. He got outscored by Goff, who had four turnovers. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I look at this. You look at the NFC East, and you've got a three and four and one team in first, two and five, two and six, one and seven. One of those teams is hosting a playoff game this year. And then you just scroll on down to NFC West, six and one, five and two, five and three, four and four. One of those fucking their home playoff game should be going to one of whoever finished finishes second in that goddamn division. I agree. Like, I agree. what a fucking the fact that the Cowboys even had a chance late in this game is astounding. It is astounding. How bad can Carson Wentz be when he needs to really shine the fuck out? They were down. Excuse me. They were ahead going into halftime. They were ahead. Yeah. They were down at the end of three quarters by a single score. It was 15 to nine, which is a very weird football score, but they were down 15 to nine going into the fourth quarter. They had a shot at this one. I, oh my God, dude. Ben Denu- I mean, I mean, Danucci threw for more yards than he did. I don't care how many more attempts he had. Danucci, Carson Wentz is a hundred million dollar fuck quarterback. Danucci probably just started and ended his fucking career as a starting NFL quarterback, right? In one week, because right. the Cowboys are already bringing in like two names, because Andy Dalton cleared concussion protocol and went on the COVID list, so he ain't starting this week either. And there are they, they don't want to start Danucci, so they're bringing in two guys. Like I think one was like a, a, a one like a former quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. I can't remember his name. And then another fucking dude. And yeah, Danucci is Dun Dunchy. Like he's fucking. He ain't starting again in the <laughs> NFL. Man, I yeah, you got you kind of got a feel for the guy, but at the same time, it's it is what it is. It, I don't feel. Why should I feel for him? He should have never left the pra- practice squad. Fair enough. But the the Cowboys are in they they are in dire straits. They are. And here's the thing that's got to concern you if you're a Cowboys fan, and that is what is Jerry Jones going to do? Because you guys are going to get a high draft pick. Like the Cowboys are going to have a top five draft pick. There's a part of me that hopes y'all fuck it up and go eight and eight again. Right. There's a big part of me that hopes I mean, that shit. Part of me too, because I have Zeke on my football team and I cannot, I cannot trade him for anything, but the Cowboys with a high draft pick, you got to be kind of nervous because Jerry Jones might just take another receiver. Same. <laughs> I do. I don't know. I, I think, I think the best hope that, that that organization has is maybe Jerry Jones has a stroke in the off season before the draft mm-hmm. and someone else can make the goddamn pick. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you Kareem hunt for Ezekiel Elliott. Someone's already made me an offer for Kareem hunt in our money league. Oh yeah. And I've, I'm thinking about taking it. So this will be a conversation. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this off air, but yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk. Okay. About that. Um, but yeah, no, this is fucking the Eagles. 
the Eagles, when they're supposed, you talk about a team that loves to win ugly. That shouldn't, that shouldn't like winning ugly, like the bills against like the Patriots. That's still a bill Belichick led team, right? This is a Cowboys team that is down to their third string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Second stringers across the O-line. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have their receivers. whoop you fucking do They got their second string tight end. Their defense is a fucking mess. And they got old fat Mike on the fucking sidelines. Who, I, who at this point, I'm assuming his headset is merely just there for show. It's not plugged into anything. <laughs> and they had a chance. Yeah. They had a chance. <laughs> yeah, they did. They oh did. God, dude! Uh, I it makes me it makes me really like it's calling, betting some of the, the next the games for the rest of the year for the NFC East are going to be cringe inducing because they're either going to be they're either going to be really close lines, they're going to be really easy to pick, or they're going to be eh, let's right. take them at the under. But that'll be the week that Carson Wentz goes for like five touchdowns and four hundred yards. So the good news for Eagles fans is that the Eagles are you play two, in the NFC East. You play in the NFC East, and the Eagles are two, two, and one at home. The epitome of five hundred, right there. You played five games and managed to be five hundred with an odd number of games. That's actually impressive. The bad it's news not- is that they're they're one and two on the road, and uh, they have more road games and home games coming up. So that that's the bad news. Um. Is there anything else you wanted to say with your with your takeaway? No, I'm good. Let's, you can hop into yours right quick. All right. So, all right. The the, the Titans and the Bengals uh, was, was oof. Right, that was a rough game for the Titans. Oof. We we talked about how the the Bengals would be a feisty team. They'd be competitive, but we didn't. I don't. Know, neither of us saw them winning by uh-uh. eleven. No. Yeah. Right. But. Here's one thing I thought was interesting is the in the second quarter, the Titans were down. I want to say it was either 17 to nothing or 10 to nothing. And they had a they had a series where they rushed the ball eight times for 72 yards and a mm-hmm. touchdown. Yeah. Zero pass attempts. <laughs> they, they just handed it off. And that included Derrick Henry's backup, right? Yeah, the the Titans do not have like a super fast explosive back. Uh, they have Derrick Henry, who's a powerful back, right? But they are still able to con- to continuously get chunk plays for him. Uh, the the Titans run game has blown me away. Blown like I am super impressed with the run game. Yes, a lot of faster than the other game. Like we're not there. Their defense was not there. Their passing game. Uh, didn't really show up until the very end. Wildly inconsistent. Yeah, wildly inconsistent. But the Titans' run game is about as good as it gets. Um, although I will say that the Vikings, my God, what Dalvin Cook did, what Dalvin Cook did, don't, don't, don't give me those faces, what Dalvin Cook did was downright unnatural last week. Downright Not- wrong. I- <laughs> disrespectful maybe but wrong yeah okay how how he combined 163 rush yards and 63 pass yards yeah for 226 total yards from scrimmage and 
four touchdowns against who? The Green the Bay Packers. Packers. Yeah, right. The Green Bay you, Packers are not a great run defense, but they're not bad. This is a defense that got shredded for 186 yards before contact in the NFC Championship game last year. And what did they do to address anything on that defensive side okay. of the ball? But this no, is no, 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 this no, is this no, year. No. That was stop, last year. Stop, stop. Their best player on defense last year was who? Blake Martinez. Yes, you are right. Uh, no. Okay. I was good. I was going to say Jair Alexander, but all right, go ahead. Blake Martinez doesn't play for the Packers anymore. They made no attempts to replace him. I'm not even kind of surprised at, at, at like, I'm surprised the Vikings won. Yes. But if, if that was the stat line that Dalvin Cook put up and the Packers won, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Dalvin Cook is that offense, much like how Derek Henry is the offense for the right. Titans. It's just different fucking end results, right? right. Derek Henry can have a nice game and continue to be that offense, but lose against, right. against, against the Bengals who like the Bengals. Yeah. Joe Burrow is a scrappy dude. He's going to be a great quarterback in this league. As long as he stays healthy, mm-hmm. meaning the Bengals get him an old line, but Derrick Henry was doing that against a bad Bengals defense who was missing their, like, legitimately their best defensive lineman. Carlos but, Dunlap, who got traded to Seattle. But the point I was trying to get to um, is that the, the Titans, even though, even though they lost that game, they have shown that you can have a run-first attack in this league and still be successful. And that's saying something in a league that's gone very pass-heavy I mean, you look at who are the top running backs in the league. You got Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, right? Alvin Kamara last week had a decent game, only had 12 carries. Week before that, 14. Game before that, 11, right? He Alvin Kamara has had one week above 15 carries, and that was week four where he had nine, uh, where he had 19. All right. Um, you look at you look at Dalvin Cook. He got 30 carries and they won the game. And they finally got their second one in the season, right? Derrick Henry. This man is getting at least, yeah, he got 18 carries. That was his lowest output of the season. Still put up 112 yards and a touchdown. And he's had one other game where he had below 20. That was against uh, Buffalo week five where he had 19. He's had 20 plus carries every other week. Derrick Henry is showing that you can have a very run-heavy offense to still win in this league. No, he's not. That was proven before this season. I'm not talking about before the season. I'm talking about this season where in 2020, the the common theme in teams is to go pass heavy. That has, sh- but, that, but that's not just a this year thing. It's not just a this year thing, but it's not getting right, – It's and from year to year, it's not moving to be like, oh, let's go more run-heavy. The Titans have – Put their dug their heels in and say we're going to be a run heavy team, and they're finding success at it. Well, the and, Titans have to do that. Well, I'm sure because because if they don't have a running game, they have no pass game, which means they have no offense. Sure, but they're proving that it's a formula that still works. Okay, it's like uh, if you're a basketball fan, it's showing that the mid range game can still win you games when the rest of the league has gone to three pointers and dunks. So, my biggest takeaway is uh, the. There is still a formula for success. 
relying on the run game. Yeah. A team made it to the Super Bowl last year by doing that. Correct. I don't see Minnesota making the Super Bowl or the playoffs, and I don't see the Titans making the Super Bowl either. Want to know why? Because both of them have bad defenses. Yeah, you still need to have a defense. You yes, you do. If defense. you can have a running game, a consistent running game, and a fucking solid defense, you're a top. You are a top tier league, no matter who's playing quarterback, which was proven by Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> that one hurts you, didn't it? No, that hurts yeah, it you. does because yeah. I fi- I'm constantly reminded how much I praise this motherfucker going into this season, and I was so wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you were. So that does it for my big takeaway. You've already given us your big takeaway. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about the report cards. Uh, If you want to see just how royally me and Tyler fucked up our predictions, stick around. This is going to be a brutal report card. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to evaluate uh, how we did in the week eight picks. Uh, like we always say, we're going to hold ourselves accountable. And part of that is giving ourselves grades for how we did. Now, if you're new to the program, the way it works, if we get, if we predict a game, we're going to predict two things. We're going to say who wins and we're going to say whether or not they cover the line. And if we get both of those things correct, it's going to be an A. That's four points for the GPA. If we get one out of two correct, that's going to be a C. That's going to be two points for the GPA. And if we miss it all together, that's enough. That's zero points for the GPA. And we will give you the report card uh, grade by grade for game by game. And uh, then uh, we'll tell you guys uh, overall how we did for the week. So the very first game, I think we already talked about this earlier in the week was the Panthers and Falcons. They played on Thursday night. Uh, we already talked about this game, so we're not going to spend too much time on it. Atlanta did get the upset. They won 25 to 17. Carolina was favored by two and a half points. We both picked the uh, the Panthers to cover. We both were wrong. We both yep. got Yep. Fun times. Let's go to the Patriots and the Bills. Buffalo was favored by four points. We both picked them to cover. Buffalo won by three. So we picked the correct winner. We did not pick the correct line. We both got C's. We were... We were one punch fucking peanut punch fumble away from both being wrong and getting Fs. Um, yeah, we, we've, we, we covered this game somewhat extensively mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the first segment. Um, I think the woes are going to continue for new England and hopefully Zach Moss is the answer for the bills offense for it to all come together as a whole. The Patriots do have a, a nice opportunity to have a bit of a rebound game, find some of their rhythm because they are playing the Jets in week nine. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I agree with you 100%. Cam Newton uh, is struggling right now, and defenses have figured him out. And unless they add in some new wrinkles or find some ways to keep him involved in the game and find ways to get the receivers open, they're going to really struggle for the rest of the year. Josh McDaniels has got to open up his playbook a little bit more. Yeah. Like Cam Newton, the first two weeks, that was a lot of like college level based Mm -hmm. offensive calls for him. And they've continued to roll with it. And it hasn't worked, especially when their receiving core, as bad as it already was, has continued 
to fucking deplete. Yeah. Like you're talking about Julian Edelman not suiting up for the last week when he's become drop fucking city over the last season and a half. Yeah. He's he's not the Julian Edelman of old. He's not the he's it's not gonna happen. Like the Myers kid who's turning out to be like their leading receiver every week now. I don't know who he is. Don't know his first name. Don't care to know because started with a J. I think it's like Justin Myers. I think it's It's Justin. It's not Justin because that's the kicker. Okay, well now I'm gonna look because fucking it it does start with a J. Yeah, it's Jacoby Myers. Yeah, Jacoby Myers. He he looked okay. Like he's he's it's 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 the shiniest fucking turd amongst (laughs) the sure sure it's 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 easy to look really good when you play for a bad team and there's no clear standout offensive weapons. Right. I mean, that, that receiving core has just been, you know, just, just underwhelm. Like the definition of the word underwhelming is what that receiving core has been, but you're right. We did talk about this game already uh, in the last segment. So let's go ahead and move on. We both got C's. That's two points on the GPA Titans and Bengals. We talked about this a little bit, Titans were favored by six and a half points. We both took them to cover, which <laughs> man, this report card is looking bad. And it's gonna, it's this is gonna be one of our worst report cards of the season. Um, we both got F's. The the Titans did not cover, they did not win. Cincinnati took them to school. Because the Titans are not a good defensive team. They are not. They're not. And they have all the right pieces on offense and all the wrong pieces on defense. Mm-hmm. This is why we, you and I were early buyers into the Titans as being like that, that dark horse they were last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of out on that because their defense has gotten worse. Um, I, I don't see him competing with uh, the chiefs, the, uh, the, I'd be fuck even throw the Bills and the Ravens into that shit. The Steelers, I, I don't see them competing in the AFC. I could easily see the Titans are going to make the playoffs, but I could, right. I could easily see the Titans being a first round exit because while their running game is sound and their passing game is sound through play action, mm-hmm. uh, they have so many holes on the defensive side of the ball that right. teams are going to find a way to exploit them. If, 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 if Joe Burrow, who, I mean, he's looked fantastic through most of his rookie season, mm-hmm. but his rookie season coming the coming into the, the, the most odd fucking season that we've ever with COVID because you, you had no OTAs limited training camp. Most, most of the shit being done over zoom right? No preseason. And Joe Burrow is showing out with a bad team. Joe Burrow's got my early vote for rookie of the year. Justin Herbert shown out, but Justin Herbert got drafted to a team. Injuries barring on the defensive side of the ball, but the what Chargers about James are, Robinson? Um, I mean, he'd be in that top five consideration. Yeah. I'd put Chase Claypool above James Robinson. Okay. If, if I'm I was okay with that, yeah. If I was making a list, 
I, I mean, think as long it, as the production stays up, James James Robinson has a clear path to maintaining production. Receivers you never kind of know, especially on a team like the Steelers, where they do have a couple of other good receiving options. But I agree. Sure. Currently, I would put Chase Claypool up there. James Robinson's been very good. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, that's got to be number one and two in my mind. And I, I agree with you that I give Joe Burrow the advantage because he's played with a much worse team, a much worse mm-hmm. line, and he has he has kept the Bengals competitive in just about every game this season. I will say that I think the only advantage that Burrow has as opposed to Herbert is I would say Burrow has, by a slim margin, has the better pass-catching options. When you're talking about depth yeah but he like doesn't he, have the keenan allen is the best of that bunch yeah oh absolutely and then, and then after that the, the like the 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 next best three guys are all in cincinnati yeah it's it, yeah. like it would go keenan allen mm-hmm. and then i would put tyler boyd at two right probably like t higgins aj green t higgins three, three i would put mike williams above aj green um, strictly because Mike Williams has done more with a lot less than AJ Green has gotten, mm-hmm. and then I think I would go AJ Green five, and then like Hunter Henry six. He had Burrow has the better depth at the pass catching option. I um, yeah, I but Burrow, you you stack them up. The Chargers have the better O line. I'd say it's about a wash at the running back game. Right, because Mixon's a great running back, but without no line, you, you ain't gonna do a whole hell of a lot. The Chargers have a dominant uh, pass rush. The Bengals don't. The Bengals just traded their best pass rusher. The the okay, but I will say that as much as we like talking about the Chargers defense, because they do have some really good pieces on that defense. I was talking to one of our coworkers who happens to be a Chargers fan about this. No. You know who I'm talking about. Um, and we were like, we were trying to figure out why are the Chargers losing so many games when they were able to put up points. And we came to the deduction that the defense is underperformed given the talent that they do have on that side of the ball. Sure. Sure. I, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You, you can't deny, especially what looking at this last week's game. Right. Like, how are you up that big? Right. Let's not and get into that yet because that that's we're, we're going to get to that game here in a bit. Right. You're right. But. You're right. Um, but yeah, no, Burrow's showing out. Burrow's the rookie of the year for the halfway point for me. Um, and this was a, a te- this was a telling game mm-hmm. for the Titans. Like, you have a good, you have an above uh, above average offense. Yeah. Your defense is what's going to cost you. Yeah. I will say my impression on the Titans so far is they are a dangerous team, but they are not a dependable team. They're an exploitable team. Right. They can go toe-to-toe with anyone when their offense is clicking and they're putting up points and they don't need their defense to make stops. Yeah. But uh, whenever their their offense does get stops and they rely on their defense, they are, like you said, very exploitable. Right. Yeah. Like you you make Tennessee – you stop them two or three times on offense in a game. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's a toss up. It's winnable, right? And you know that's what we saw the previous week with the Steelers. They controlled the ball, control possession, gave the Titans the ball. The Titans, you know, they they'd gone like ten minutes without touching the ball. Right, with three and out. 
Steelers got the ball back and they, you know, again, dominated. And they were able to build up a huge lead that was enough to sustain the the comeback that, that the Titans tried to put together. So the Titans are exploitable. That said, they're they're still a very dangerous team. Like I'm not I'm not looking forward to playing against them on any given week if I'm a fan of a certain team. But sure. they're a top five, six team in the AFC though at best. I agree. I agree. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. We both got us that game. Let's go ahead and move on. Raiders and the Browns. Yeah. So Las Vegas was the underdog. Cleveland was favored by two and a half points. Las Vegas did get the win 16 to six. Uh, I got this one correct. You did not. Uh, Raiders. It was an ugly game. This was an ugly game. And the weather was like, you know what? Fuck this game. I'm going to shit on it too. Don't care. Yeah, it was I don't a horrible care. game. I don't care about bad weather conditions. I don't okay. either. I'm just I'm just saying that this game was so ugly. This guy decided to dump on it. I understand. Like I, I know deservedly so. I know you're not saying that to make the excuse. The people who will make the excuse are Browns fans. Yeah. When you look at two of your divisional opponents who faced mm-hmm. each other in similar weather, they all put up points. Right. You 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 had Vegas fly all the way in just to kick two field goals. That's it. Baker Mayfield again. I, I don't. Oh oh, Baker Mayfield. He fucking showed out against the Bengals. What did he do against the fucking Raiders? Who Nothing. in twelve twenty five for one hundred twenty two yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. I guess is the big boo. Yeah. This maybe should have been what I mean, the segment where we talked about what I got most right. This maybe should have been what I said because I did mention that Baker Mayfield, again, the, the prior week, great game, credit where credit is due. This game, it's very unlikely he was going to string together two consecutive performances like that, and he absolutely did not. And he looked awful. The, the whole Browns team looked awful. The, the Raiders didn't look particularly great, but they looked better. And here's the crazy part. Cleveland – is used to shit weather, I, I, right? Like they're playing against Las Vegas. You know, when was the last time it snowed in Las Vegas? I, and now they play in a dome, but here, here's my point as to why this shouldn't have been what you were most right about. Because I think your take on what you were most right about was more correct. Because you, while you did say it's highly unlikely that Baker Mayfield's going to string those type of games together, it's highly unlikely because he's never done it. Right. He's I never agree. done it. Yeah. He's he's had he would string bad games together, have one good game against a bad opponent, and then it's right back to the mediocrity that we're all so used to seeing. But mm-hmm. I also, I'm gonna fucking put a, some of this blame at Kevin Stefanski's feet, feet too. Because you can get away with sending a back like Nick Chubb straight up the gut. You can't. And, and, and I get it. He's probably used to that style of fucking offense. And that's his offense that he brought in from Minnesota because he had Dalvin Cook. Cool. You've been missing Nick Chubb for fucking three weeks now. Kareem Hunt's not a dude you can send up the middle. You need to mix it up. Get it to the edge to where he can make people miss. Kareem Hunt again stifles and has a shit fucking performance. 
shit, I'm looking forward to Nick Chubb coming back because that's when he's been most fucking productive. It has been. It really. 14, like, 14 carries for 66 yards. Yeah, no, he he has underwhelmed quite a bit. Now, I agree with you. He has played better when he has had to play behind uh, Nick Chubb. Absolutely. Because it's, it's it, it, I was, I was thinking about this shit while I was driving home from work. Mm-hmm. The reason why Kareem Hunt has to have that kind of success behind Nick Chubb is because Nick Chubb is that bro. He's that brute fucking dude coming up the middle and he's going to make you, He's he's at a certain point in the game. He's going to make you regret trying to continue to tackle him because he's a physical fucking dude. Right. At a certain point, defenses are going to weaken up. Hey, Kareem, go out for a screen pass. Ooh, twenty yard touchdown. Right. He's ah, he, uh, you can't just constantly. Oh, first and ten. Well, everybody knows what we're going to do here. Kareem, take it for a yard and a half. Woohoo! He's not that type of dude. Right. And, he wasn't, and when he was with the Chiefs, too, like that's not the Chiefs offense. You right. Know, that, that's not at least not what they were doing back then. They've they've tried to go more that direction with Edwards Alaire. Eh, still kind of inconsistent, but they definitely were not doing that when Kareem Hunt was on the team on the Chiefs. They were they were using him all over the field not to run up the middle. Right. And it's just like. Uh, I throw 70% of the blame at Baker Mayfield. I don't give a fuck what the weather conditions were like, dude. You oh, yeah. you you can't come off a game against the Bengals where you threw a last second touchdown and right. oh yeah, well, no, we're starting to we're starting to put it together. Five and two is a hell of a lot better than own seven. Fucking yeah. like no, dude. I put 30% of that blame at the feet of of Kevin Stefanski because while he's not being super creative for the past game either, he has been so bad in trying to dial up fucking successful fucking run schemes and fucking plays for Kareem Hunt. He's not Nick Chubb. He's not. He's a different style back. Go watch his fucking rookie season in Kansas City and dial up some plays like that and watch what fucking happens. But now the Browns are on a bye. And Nick Chubb looking like he might come back in week 10. Mm-hmm. What the fuck happened, bro? Now y'all are sitting at fucking five and three. And I don't, I, the rest of your schedule really outside of, I don't, well, I mean, it's kind of lenient, I guess. Texans, Eagles, Jags. But then you get the Titans, you got the Ravens, you got to face the Steelers again. Like, mm-hmm. Like you need to figure your shit the fuck out, bro. Because I, Baker Mayfield should not be the starting quarterback for Cleveland next year. It's you know it's it's really sad when you are the favorite team. You play on the northern half of the United States, and you lose at home in snowy conditions to a team that plays in the desert. I mean, yep. I get it. They have an indoor arena, but that day yep. they play in the fucking desert and you nope. lost. All right, yeah, yeah. You, Let, let's right. go to the next game. I'm, okay. I'm pissed off. Okay. Colts, Lions. Ah, now I'm more pissed off. Here we go. Yeah. All right. So this is my upset pick of the week. Uh, all right. I, I'm going to say this. Going into the fourth quarter, it was a six-point game. I, after that, the Colts took over. Uh, the Lions were not able to keep pace. 
made my prediction look silly. Indianapolis won 41 to 21. They won by 20. They were favored by three. So the Colts covered, which you picked. The Lions lost horribly. I got an F. You got an A. Um, look, the, the Lions struggled, especially when Kenny Galladay went down. And he had a horrible game, right? He didn't have a single catch. He had four targets for, for nothing. But he's still he's still a presence. He's still a threat. And when he goes down, that means that the, the, the defense is going to be like, all right, what's Marvin Jones going to do? What's T.J. Hawkinson going to do? And any kind of offensive rhythm that the Lions had disappeared when Kenny Galladay disappeared. And to the Colts' credit, they played very well. Um, Phillip Rivers showed up. He had a good game. Yeah, I mean – Sticking to that, um, the, the Lions' offensive struggles, we talked uh, briefly about the, the Lions' run game going into this game on the last mm-hmm. podcast. And mm-hmm. we're talk- we talked about what kind of a game you could expect from DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't expect it to be this bad. Yeah. I'm like, you're talking about a great front seven. And a front seven that's getting Darius Leonard back. He was he had he was he got the most carries on the team. He had the least yards with one. He had six carries for one yard. Like he found a little bit of production in the receiving game for three catches for twenty two yards. But even in a PPR league, like those are not RB two numbers. Those aren't flex numbers. Mm-hmm. Like not even close. Like, that's a bust. But swinging it back to the Colts. You going to talk about Naheem Himes? I mean, the backup – I mean – He had a game. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, w- right. I will get to – because there is a portion of that Indianapolis rushing game that I want to get into. Okay. I said going into last week, Rivers was one of my sleepers. Yes. For fantasy. And I said, this could be a game. I could easily see him having 253 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Finished 262, three touchdowns. It's about as close as it gets. He 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 looked pretty good. I, I mean, and I get it. It's against the Lions. This is talking like the fantasy portion of it. Um, but goddamn, man. I I had I had Jonathan Taylor at four. In yeah. my running back rankings, he didn't do a goddamn thing against this fucking Lions defense. You know who did do something? I mean, aside from Naheem Hines, yeah, was the third string running back Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah. He came in and he had himself a nice little game. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, eleven carries, twenty-two yards. Wilkins goes twenty for eighty-nine and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Plus, he had one target for 24 yards in the passing game, but Naheem Hines, five carries for eight yards. That's not what you should be looking at because Naheem Hines had three. He was the leading receiver for the Colts. Mm-hmm. Three catches, 54 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, apologies to everyone who I said, hey, Trey Burton's a sleeper. Like, sorry, Zach Doyle got the touchdown love this week, mm-hmm. but that's what happens when you've got a team that – has a three-headed monster at tight end, which tip isn't normally seen, you know, any given week, it's going to be Jack Doyle with a touchdown or Mo Alley Cox or Trey Burton. 
Right. Oh no, Trey Burton did have it. He had a Russian touchdown. Yeah, he had a Russian touchdown. He had his second Russian touchdown of the week. Yes. I I completely forgot about that. Sorry. So okay, that rushing touchdown saved you, I guess. I don't know. If you're starting Trey Burton, you probably hurting it other aspects too, unless you're Uh, on a severe bye week. Trey Trey Burton finished as the number eight tight end in the league last week. So he he did not have a horrible game. Bad. Not bad. Um it's like Honestly, it's about as good as you can hope when you're starting Trey Burton. So, but to uh, any anybody yeah. anybody who is starting Ty Hilton in any type of format, ah, uh, don't unless you're in like some like 16, 18 team super deep league, he shouldn't even be rostered at this point. Get the fuck rid of him if you fucking have him. Correct. Correct. Um. Yeah, he, he he's he's been bad. I, I will say also, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I was really high on him going into the season, and yeah. when um, Mac went down, when Marlon Mack got hurt in week one, because I had a chance to draft him early, and I didn't take it, and I I, I was feeling I was feeling that kind of buyer's remorse, but like the I don't know the reverse of that when you don't buy remorse, and. That, that remorse is gone because Jonathan Taylor has disappointed uh, so far this year. I mean, he really has. He has not been the guy that we all thought he would be. And th- there is no better opportunity than against the Detroit Lions who have a miserable run defense. And you get showed up by the third string running back. Like shown up, he, he didn't do shit on the ground. I I couldn't be more disappointed. This guy should be with the opportunity he's had. He's been the week since week two. He has been the starter at running back for a team with the supposed best O line in football. Which I don't think that's true, but like that's what they, everyone's st- saying at the start of the season, right? So he right has a now, good O line. Right I believe it. Yeah, he has a he has a good O line. And he has all the opportunity in the world because the guy that was playing in front of him got hurt probably for the year. And he hasn't done shit with it. And we were talking about, all right, who, who, who we were talking about rookie of the year earlier, offensive rookie of the year. Either of us bring his name up. Nope. He should be in that top five conversation and he's not. And he has disappointed for that reason. Especially when you were looking at what his ADP was going into drafts. He was a fourth round. He was a fourth round pick. If you he burn went, a fourth, he went early third in our league. If you were burning third, fourth round picks on him, you might as well just go ahead and look to next season. You done fucked up, Aaron. You done fucked up. All right, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the next game: Packers and the Vikings. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, we, we, we missed this one. <laughs> everyone, I mean, everyone, this. everyone missed this one. Who, who saw Minnesota stomping on the Vikings and like, yeah, the Vikings made it close at the end, but let's be real. Minnesota stomped on them. That, that's not true. Dalvin cook stomped on them. Yeah. That, that was, it was Dalvin cook. It wasn't the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yeah. Don't don't get lost in the the one turnover that the that Aaron Rodgers had 
fucking no. It, Aaron Rodgers f- got the ball. Like he wasn't even knocked out. He was in the throwing motion. Yeah. On that last second, like hail mary attempt, and I remember who it was, but came in and, like knocked his arm. Ball was called a fumble. That I don't really consider a turnover in that point of the game. Um, yeah. Uh, the Packers are. Uh-huh. Fuck, they're 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 proving to be everything every everything I thought they were last year. Like, you know who had a good game for the Packers was Devonte Adams. Now, there was I watched one, I watched he had three touchdowns. I think it was touchdown number two, where the the Packers had the ball because I was playing against Devonte Adams this week, and. I had a little conniption when the Packers got the ball. There was a, there's a PI in the end zone. The Packers got the ball, the one yard line. And I'm like, all right, cool. They're probably going to just, you know, run this in QB sneak it what the whatever the fuck. No, 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 no. Devonte Adams did one of the sickest fucking like feet. Like I, the, the way this guy controls his feet and the way this guy runs routes is phenomenal. He did a couple of steps in and then ran out and he got the ball right at the goal line and then, and then just like moved it into the end zone. It was such a beautiful, but short and simple route. It just tells you how good Devonte Adams is. He makes things that other players would be tripping over themselves over look so simple because his route running is just that good. Yeah. He's a, in my opinion, when he's healthy, he's, the second best receiver in the league behind, behind Hopkins. I agree. Yeah. Julio's kind of fallen off the mark a little bit. I would hope I would put Julio at like three now. Uh, I, I, I got go ahead and say you have little baby bitch, Michael Thomas, who fucking runs two, three yard slants, but hasn't seen the game when he's practicing throughout the week. I can't say who number three is. Cause one Michael Thomas has been hurt all year. So we don't really know. Um, the number three debate is Calvin Ridley might be better than Julio Jones when healthy, but that's the thing. We've seen so many good receivers get hurt this year. Chris, you know, um, Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley. It, 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 it's hard to say who the number three receiver is, but I agree with you on the first two. I, I think it is DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins one and, and Devontae Adams two. I think Devontae Adams is making a case for number one. He is so good. His route running is on another level. I give it to DeAndre because DeAndre can pull in fucking targets that he's not supposed to catch. Yeah. His hands are De- like De- super glue. Yeah, DeAndre has the better hands. I would give a slight edge to the route running to Devontae, but mm-hmm. I'll take hands over route running. And the when thing, talk- too, that – yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing about DeAndre Hopkins, too, is once he catches the ball, he he has a nose for the first down marker. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, in the past two or three seasons, I can't remember, he is the, the number one receiver at getting first downs. And that's because he knows exactly where to get to on the field. He knows when he's going through zones, exactly where to sit and stop. Uh, he has a knowledge of the game as far as moving the ball and continuing the drive uh, that no receiver in this game I've ever seen shows like he does. Um, for that reason, I, I, I give him the nod because he's a cerebral player. Not to say Devontae Adams isn't. 
uh, a very smart player. But DeAndre Hopkins understands this game so well and he uses his hands so well. I, I agree with you. He's number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about the Packers and the Vikings and the Vikings, major upset. They got the dub. Do you see the, the Vikings building off this win? Do you see their season going anywhere? Or is this just a, you know, like a flash in the pan? Um, their next two, well, they got the Lions next week. Mm-hmm. They could potentially build off this win and get to three and five. Then they got, they're on the road at Chicago. I'd give that edge to Chicago merely based on the fact that they have the better defense. But Chicago is very vulnerable. But then you've they, then you got the Cowboys, yeah. the Panthers, yeah, the Jaguars, yeah, and then you get the Bucks, the Bears, the Saints, and then the Lions. They're not the Vikings could put together somewhat of a nice ending to the season, but the Vikings are not a playoff team. Uh, I think I agree with you, but I do think the Vikings are going to make some kind of uh, a second half of the season run. I think it will fall short of playoffs, but I think they're going to be a team to watch. I think they're going to be playing a little better uh, the second half of the season. Speaking of one uh, little bet we have going on. Yes. Regarding the Ravens. Okay. You said they were going three and two. Over the next five, I said they're going two and three. Currently, they're 0 and one. So, so far, I'm right. There you go. We'll see where that goes. Let's go ahead and move on to the next game. We both got F's for the, for the Packers. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chiefs and Jets. This was a 20.5 point line in favor of the Chiefs. I just I couldn't give it to them. Like, not that I don't have faith in the Chiefs, but I mean that's just so much to cover, and it's a game yes. that was going to have garbage time. Uh, for a while, it was looking yeah, yes, the Jets, but like for a while, it was it was looking closer than people thought. Although yeah. the Chiefs were never out of control in this one, they always were in dominant. The Chiefs pulled it off, thirty-five to nine. You got the over. I took pulled the it I, off. You're saying pulled it off as if it was close. Pulled off the line. I mean, not the game. They pulled off the line. The yeah. line was close, but they pulled off the line. You got the way. You got the A. I got the C in this one. Um, I mean, the, the Chiefs just, uh, <laughs> just another stratosphere compared to the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. What, what talking point do you want me to make off of that? Are you I mean, shitting me? Much, there's not much else to say. It's the Jets and the reigning Super Bowl fucking champions. A team that just won the Super Bowl only has one <laughs> loss on the on the on the year. Yeah. And the Jets who are now 0 and 8. Yeah. I'm not really 100% sure where you want me to be. Well done, you know, maybe Adam Gase will turn around in the second <laughs> half. Sam Darnold's not as bad as everybody uh, thinks he is. All right. Sam Darnold is as bad as everyone thinks he is. Adam Gase is not going to turn it around. Moving on. And let's go to the Rams and the Dolphins. Another oh, major, fuck, man. Another major upset. Uh, Miami won this one. I believe it was 28 to 17. Yeah. And uh, 
we we both got ups in this one because the Rams are favored by three and a half, and they they did not cover. I I don't know the last time I saw a quarterback get 93 yards in the game and their his team score 28 points. And that just tells you how good the Rams or excuse me, the Dolphins defensive special teams were in this game. Anyone criticizing Tua for his lack of a stat line in this game saying, well, he didn't really go out in his first start and really do much. He didn't have to. No, not at all. He didn't even he, – he, 12 of 22, 93 yards and a touchdown. No. Okay. How about <laughs> – And it was a very – that touchdown throw to Devontae Parker was, was quite nice. Yeah. Although it was Devontae Parker's only catch True. for three yards and a touchdown. But, but – but, but, but yeah, it was, it was fine. When you're, when you're talking about a lack of a passing attack that there was, and you go back to the conversation you and I had on the last episode of who we think is going to get looked at more. When you're looking at Tua's first scoring drive as an NFL starter, who did he look for in the end zone? It was Devontae. Which is what a lot of fucking young quarterbacks do when they're early into the season. He he looked at the he looked at the slant route to the inside. I mean, it wasn't like. Eh. Okay. Well, Devontae Parker caught the goddamn touchdown. He so. did. He did. To his but, credit, he did. Um, he and had, that was and that was with time expiring in the first quarter. He had one catch for out of two targets for three yards and the touchdown. And he finished number 42, which is what who who finished bust. higher? Who finished? I didn't say Devontae Parker. Dude, he had 93 passing yards. Yeah. It's not like he threw for 350 and that was his only catch, was the three yard touchdown. Yeah. No, we're, not talking, Preston, we're, we're talking Williams, about Devontae Parker, not sure, Mike Evans. Sure. But the thing you said was who's he gonna look at more? And here's the only point I'm gonna make, and that is that Preston Williams, he had a Far worse game than Devontae Parker. Two catches, 15 yards. But he did get five targets. So he did get a lot of looks. That didn't produce much. Devontae Parker got the, the look that mattered. Tua, to his credit, did what he had to do. I mean, he had one drive where all he had to do was hand the ball off at the one-yard line, and th- that produced a score. That was his one play for the one drive, right. and he got seven points. So the, the Dolphins' defense took care of this one. When you're, talk, when you're talking about criticizing Tua for what he did, it's it's still unknown. I, I wouldn't even count that as his first NFL start because he didn't do anything. Yeah. He, he didn't do anything outside of the first quarter. That, that Devontae Parker touchdown pass came as time expired in the first quarter. After that, it was a 78-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown for the Dolphins defense. Then Jakeem Grant took a punt return for 88 yards to the house. And then another fumble recovery, like you just stated, at the one-yard line, Miles mm-hmm. Gaskin punched in from the one, and that was the end of the scoring Right for, for Miami. They yeah. had nothing else to do. Uh, it would have been nice to see them. I mean, look, Miami won this game. They were in control the whole game. Uh, they they did keep the Rams had you know a little bit of hope throughout the game just because the the Dolphins did not score a single touchdown or point in the second half. It would have been nice to see Tua lead a a a a drive that led to points in the second half because you do want to be able to close out opponents. 
that said, the, the Dolphins defense was enough, right? Um, Tua had a, an okay game for, for what he had. It'll be interesting to see. He has the next one, two, three, four, five games. He has against teams that are bottom 10 in stopping the quarterback and limiting quarterback points in fantasy. So it'll be interesting to see how he takes advantage of that upcoming lineup. That includes Arizona, the Chargers, Denver, the Jets, and Cincinnati. We'll see how he does. Um, but it's way too early to put a judgment out on Tua. You can't be criticizing him. You also cannot be relying on him in fantasy. That's what it is. No, my God, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about this game? Nope. Robert Woods look good. <laughs> so we both got us in that one. Oh, this is a this is a rough report card. It does get a little better for us here in the, in the last stretch. Steelers Ravens. This was your upset pick of the week. You had the Steelers winning this one. Baltimore was favored by four and a half. I had the ball uh, the Ravens winning but not covering. We talked about this game in the last segment. It was a great game. It was down to the last possession. Steelers pulled it out. They won 28 to 24. Yeah. I've said just about everything I need to say about this goddamn game already though. So have I. It was it was thoroughly entertaining though. Very fun. Yeah, yeah, very fun game to watch, absolutely. Yep. It's always fun watching two rivals that are play that are two <sighs> good teams playing each other. I had a blast. Let's go ahead and move on to the next game, which is going to be actually, there's going to be a lot to talk about here in this one chargers and the Broncos chargers favored by three and a half points. We both took them to cover. And for, you know, like 98% of that game, we were looking like we were going to get that one. Correct. Well, I mean, what are you going to do when you have an underperforming defense? How, how the Chargers continue to lose late against opponents. Like, I get, I will give them a break against Tom Brady, against Drew Brees, and Patrick Mahomes. I'll give you those. Oh, wait. Hold up. Hold up. Um, yeah, they lost that game. Yeah, they lost that game to Drew Brees. My bad. I'll, gi- I'll give you a break on those three games. But goddamn, man, you're playing the fucking Broncos. You're playing Drew Locke. Like, yeah. You've got you, you you lose in overtime to Mahomes. You lose in overtime to Drew Brees. A, a late comeback against Tom Brady. I will accept all three of those. Drew Locke? Yeah. Drew Locke? Man, yeah. come on. Like Justin Herbert, while he looked fine, wasn't all all he wasn't necessarily not to blame in this shit either. Two interceptions. Yeah. Like, it's they're sincerely like Justin Jackson had a nice day. Is that is that Tradarius? Is that, is that Tradarius Pope? Yes, the like third the, string the, running back. Because no, Tremaine yes. Pope, Tremaine Pope. Sorry, Correct. I I just saw his last name, Pope. Um, the the Chargers were so fed up with the way Justin Jackson and and Kelly were underperforming. Well, they threw a win, and Justin Jackson had a decent game. But they threw in Pope. 
for large stretches. And it was because they flat out said, their head coach flat out said that he was not happy with the way the running backs were taking care of their opportunities. Joshua Kelly, not Justin Jackson. Justin no. Jackson has done Justin Jackson has done well. Sure. In Austin for, Jackson's sure. uh, Joshua. For me Kelly. and you, from a fantasy perspective, agreed. No, not even not, talking about a fantasy I'm perspective. talking about what the head coach said. I am talking about specifically what the head coach said, which is that he is not happy with the run game. Meaning, and that's why Pope got touches. Meaning the guy they drafted to back up Austin Eckler He's hasn't just, been shit. Sure. Agreed. Joshua Kelly has disappointed. I'm not arguing that at all. Justin Kelly or Justin Jackson has done fine. Again, I don't argue that at all. The coach for the Chargers, however, does. And he is not happy with either one. And he flat out said it. If he said the, if he's not, if, if, if he said there's, he's not happy with the productivity, productivity out of the running game, Mm -hmm. running game. From either back. He specifically stated from either back. Then why why is Justin Jackson continuing to be the lead bell cow out of this? Yeah, Pope I mean, had 10 carries, but Justin Jackson had Who 17. else are you going to give the most carries to, right? Look, I'm not arguing with you this. I agree with you. Justin Jackson's done fine. I'm just saying what, what the Chargers are saying from their coaching standpoint. That said... Justin Herbert, you said earlier he made some mistakes. He's not he's not without fault in this one, and I agree he is not. He made some mistakes that very well might have cost him the game. He did put up thirty one points. I can't tell you how many times I've seen the Chargers put up thirty plus points or twenty five plus points and lose the game. At some point, we gotta start looking at this Chargers defense, which is starting to look a little bit overrated. Oh, sure. I guess I don't know. They're they're missing a Derwin James, who's like the focal point in their secondary. Um, they brought over Chris Harris from from Denver. Who, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's all fine and well. He it's the reason why dead like Desmond King has been riding the goddamn pine and got his ass traded to the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, yeah, they've been underperforming because look at their fucking record. They're two and five. They're conti- the offense is putting up points, but the defense right. isn't getting it done. Right. Um, you can blame Justin Herbert all you want, but if you have two interceptions but still put up thirty-one points on the offense, like as like the defense has to take some kind of responsibility for that. Yeah. Or sorry, they have thirty points. The Denver had thirty-one. My my apologies there. But if you're putting up thirty points and losing games. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Defense but is partially responsible, if not mostly responsible. Didn't say that the defense was not to blame in this. What I am saying is that there were two opportunities to even, I'm not even talking about get points, get your defense off the fucking field. That yeah. Herbert gave the ball right the fuck back to the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, those are rookie mistakes. They're going to fucking happen. I would put, 65% of the blame on the defense. 65. I think that's fair, especially yeah. when you're talking about two turnovers in a close game. 35. Yeah, those go to your rookie mistakes, bud. Like I agree with that. I can I it, it, it is yeah. what it is. 
you know, I, uh, I just fucking, you yuck. I guess it's just, it, it, anybody, but the guy's here's the Drew Lock, man, really? Uh, like he looked so good against, and he's so bad, but he looks so good. That's not good when you make him look good. Uh, this game disgusts me. Chargers lost. We got Fs. Let's move on. Saints yeah. and Bears. Uh, this one, bravo, I- hat, tip, tip of the hat. To you, Saints <laughs> were favored by five and a half points. Uh-huh. You took them at under, I took them at over, and they won by three. So you got this one Saints and Bears. Um, these are two good teams that haven't, they're, they're two good, bad teams, right? <laughs> they they know how to win games, they're good enough, they have. They have parts of their teams that are good enough to win games somewhat consistently, but they're not exactly teams that strike heart like fear in the heart of the enemy. They're yucky. They're yeah, very yucky. They're, they're two yucky good teams. Ew. Like yeah, <laughs> like, like they're gonna get to the playoffs probably, but but that's no one wants to watch that game. Yeah, no, no. I'll be completely honest with you. I can. Compl- I honestly thought I picked the fucking Bears to win this game. Uh, yeah, no, you... I I'm I'm actually surprised I took the Saints in this one. Um, yeah, no, two really good bad teams. Um, I don't know, fucking Breeze looks mediocre as ever. Uh, Nick Foles has left all his magic in Philadelphia. Um, Montgomery, yep, you mean he? Yep, another week he didn't find the end zone. Uh, um, I mean, Kamara did the best okay. that he could. He did the yeah. best that he could, I guess. I mean, outside of that, like the big saving grace, I guess, out of this game was Allen Robinson finally found the fucking end zone again. Yeah. I mean, fuck, it didn't didn't help me or hurt me, but like, fuck, dude, like this is a dude who's getting a, a large amount of volume. Yeah. Collecting like fifty percent of it and not getting into the end zone with it. Like I don't know if you're a Saints fan or a Bears fan. Like I get it, your teams are winning. You know the Bears are five and three, the Saints are five and two. But are you really proud of this season? You shouldn't. You you shouldn't be. Especially I I have more leniency towards the Saints. If you're a Bears fan and you're fucking you're rooting your team on going we're five and three we're gonna be okay your team is a s s ass this team is so bad offensively your quarterback mind you mitchell trubisky is technically three and oh as the starter of the chicago bears Mitchell Trubisky's starting record is annoyingly good. <laughs> like career, his career starting record is is way better than it ever should be for how bad he is. Nick Foles is responsible for the three losses that the Chicago Bears have. I, he he is also responsible for the comeback against the the Falcons. But but yeah, no, I oh my god, yeah, who cares? Who cares? You're no, you're right. It's you're the right. fucking Falcons. What are you gonna do if you're if you're the Bears? Do you go back to Trubisky? Uh, n- no, question mark. I don't know. Dude, like I, I swear to God, if I was the fucking head coach, 
or like the GM of that team. And I'm looking at if I've got Trubisky here and, and Foles here and option C is like a revolver. I just go ahead and turn that bitch on myself because A and B are going to get you about the same as, as Nick Foles has proven so far. It's and here's the crazy. Here, I don't know. This might be sound crazy. I still think Nick Foles is better than Trubisky. Like, uh, yeah, no, you're you're right. Trubisky's three and zero. Oh. I don't know, and I, I'm not, I I don't think Nick Foles is good. I'm not saying that. I just, I ah. just, Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky are not the quarterback solutions. No, for Chicago and Chicago eight. All of Foles' fucking contract that Jacksonville gave him. So I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. You know, you know, like when they say like the car accident that you can't look away from, they're the car accident that you can look away from because I have no interest in watching the Bears play ever. Oh, yeah. I, I have no problem turning that game off. Like, oh, hey, we're going to win red zone. We're going to flash you to. To, to the Saints at Chicago. I'm like, all right, I guess this is a time to, good time to take a piss because right. I I have no interest, none. Like, if you're a Saints fan, at least you have Michael Thomas coming back at some point in the Eventually, season. I don't, I don't know. know. He's been he's been practicing the last two weeks but held out of games. I don't right. understand I don't, what the fuck they're doing. I don't get it either. I This this guy, like, got hurt kind of in week one, and it it, it – this was week eight, and he still hasn't played. We're going into week nine, and I, I still feel like he's not going to play week nine either. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, but the Saints at least have some kind of excuse. Their best player is out. The Bears, I don't even know who their best player is. I guess Allen Robinson. I don't know. But let's On move offense, on. This, yeah. this game This game depresses me. Um, you got you got an A. I got a C. Let's go to the 49ers and the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks are favored by three. You already talked about this game uh, in the the previous segment. Seahawks won by 10. You said what you had to say. You didn't want to talk about this game anymore. I have one thing I do want to say, and that is that DK Metcalf is DK Metcalf is damn good. He is damn good. All right. Well, I was gonna move on, but it appears like Tyler is is taking a break. So Oh, he is struggling with his 49ers, and, and I can respect that. I can respect that. But the Seahawks, uh, I mean, let's be real. They, they dominated this game. The, the The final score was closer than this game ever really was. DK Metcalf is going to be a top five receiver by next year if he is not already. He is that good. Uh, this guy has had at least 90 yards receiving in every game except for the week seven game uh, that he had the previous week. Um, and he went ahead and, and fixed that situation real quick with the game that he had in week eight. And he had 15 targets of those 15 targets. He got 12 of them for 161 yards two touchdowns and that gives him a wide receiver number one finish. So he has had at least 90 plus yards in six out of seven games that he has played this week. And that's all I really have to say. DK Metcalf is a beast. My God, that man is good. Let's go ahead and move on to the next game. 
and that is going to be the Cowboys and the Eagles and what had to have been a game that competed with the the Browns and Raiders for ugliest game of the week and yet somehow wasn't the ugliest game of the week I mean the Cowboys were surprisingly competitive they were ahead at halftime how yeah sorry I hit my knee on the desk um yeah uh, uh, <laughs> I don't really have many more talking points on this fucking game uh we we covered it pretty heavily uh oh well Ezekiel Elliott proving to be um, as mediocre as ever. Uh, Amari Cooper, uh, it, it, we were correct about staying away from Dallas pass catchers because mm-hmm. the leading one was Michael Gallup, uh, seven for 61. Amari Cooper, I think, had one for five, I believe, one for five yards, one catch. I Let me see here. Uh, yeah, one catch. One catch for five yards on five fucking targets. Holy God. It was, uh, I mean, it was on the road. Okay. Forgive Amari Cooper. Okay. He got a hundred mil, but he's only expected to play eight games a year. All right. He he doesn't show up on the road. Okay. I I believe that was in his contract with, uh, with old Jerry bear over there. Like I I get the hate for the Amari Cooper road road woes. It's very justified. But, I mean, let's be real. No one from the Dallas receiving core was going to have a good game in this one. I mean, Michael Gallup had an okay game. Yeah, he did okay. I mean, I guess someone was going to have to make some catches. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tony Pollard looking like the second coming of Zeke, I guess. I don't know. Zeke yeah. Zeke is showing if he doesn't have a line, he is not a top-tier quarterback or running back in the league. He's not, and he's not worth all that money he got paid. Yeah, he's he's struggling it. He is struggle busting it. How about your boy uh, Travis Fulgham, or is um I nicknamed him Sunday night? Uh, fuck him because that guy fucking sank my goddamn team. Indeed, he did. Uh, Travis Fulgham has been pretty. In a, okay, so wide receivers in general tend to be a bit uh, inconsistent, right? Travis Fulgham has been anything but inconsistent. And he has played exceptionally well really in the past, uh, I want to say, four or five weeks. He has he has been incredible. Um, looking at his stats here, he has had, fantasy-wise, at least seven points in standard format, not PPR, uh, the past five weeks, and he has had at least double digits in four of those five weeks. And the one week where he only had seven points was when he had uh, five catches for 73 yards, which is still a pretty good showing. Dude's looking great. He's looking great. He's filling in for a void uh, that the Eagles have, and he's doing work. Yeah, he's the crunchiest chip in the generic bag. Of he's he's uh, he's he, you can't deny he's looked really good. Yeah, 
Yeah. They don't have anyone else. So obviously <laughs> he's more show. in the conversation for rookie of the year than fucking Jonathan Taylor is. <laughs> or his own fucking teammate Rieger. Right, which is great because Rieger was getting all the like the, the preseason love. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he, he's looked he's looked fantastic. Travis <clears throat> is looking good. I got I, I I got nothing else on this game. We got one more game to cover. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, Eagles and uh, Dolphins, or excuse me, Cowboys. We both. Wow, picked them. what? Yeah. All right, all right, all right, chill. Eagles and Cowboys. We both picked them to cover, and they did. We both got the Eagles and the Dolphins. <laughs> Back in December of fucking '63, I remember that when soda was a nickel. <laughs> Old fucking doddering fuck. Let's move on to the Bucks and the Giants. And the Bucks were favored by 12 in this one. Oh God, they, I took they, the over, didn't I? You you took the over. Of course I did. And I'm I'm telling like the Giants are a bad team, but their defense is halfway decent. The the Bucks are a good team and their offense is meh, plus they've got quite a lot of re- injuries on receiver. It felt like the prime time taking with the under. I didn't think it was be this close though. I mean, the line was twelve. They covered by two. Okay, so I thought it'd be closer to like seven to ten points. Is what I thought would be the line. Here is the only real conversation about this game because most of this game was boring for the most part. Here is the most interesting point of this game that I want to know from you. Okay, Hold, we haven't talked about this game. Mm-hmm. Was it pass interference on the two-point conversion? I think it was. It absolutely was. I'm so glad you agreed. He got there early. It looked like he got there early, and he He, made contact early. He made contact early, and his head was not turned around to play the ball. Correct. That's the biggest part. And, like, I've – like, I listened – I've said it before. I listen. I, I listen to a different number of like mainstream sport platforms and stuff like that. Like I'll, I'll listen. I, I I'll listen to first take every now and again on YouTube. I'll watch clips. I, I like Undisputed. Um, I like Colin Cowherd. But I also like going like dipping into like the not so safe for work type shit with like Pat McAfee and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But like Shannon Sharp is one of like he obviously he played the game. And I was listening to an argument he was making again because Skip Bayless, who has Brady's cock lodged so dark fucking far down his throat. I cannot believe this dude is still breathing at this point. But it's impressive, yes. But Shannon Sharp was explaining exactly how it was defensive pass interference based on what offensive skill players are taught to do in that position so if the dude arrives early you are taught to push back and make it look like the the defender's pushing his body it doesn't have to be the hands like his hands doesn't have to be on you but if he's if his body is avoiding you from being able to like have a play at the ball yeah that is defensive pass interference and that's exactly what happened absolutely and that was like when you asked me was it yes or no that that's kind of the defining marker for me is he interfered enough that the mm-hmm. offensive play with, with through contact they interfered through contact, right? That the offensive player 
was impacted on being able to make a play on the ball. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought it was pass interference. I was, I was disappointed that it didn't get called. At the same time, I didn't care enough about the game to like. I, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> but it's, and, 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 and to be fair, like Danny Dimes is so bad that he could have got that op- that that defensive pass interference call and still fucked it up on the replay. Like, and and he if he had thrown the ball closer to the, the pylon, like even with the pass interference, it would have been at least somewhat catchable. Like, sure, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. There, there there was a lot like, yeah, there was a lot that went into it, right? Um, but there there is no guaranteeing that the that that call had been made that the Giants would have pulled it out. So absolutely, not. even if, even if it went to overtime, right? Like it's it's there's still I think against the odds. Um, so I mean, yeah, the 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 Bucks won. Uh, it was closer than it should have been. I did not. I didn't think it'd be a blowout, but I didn't think it'd be that close either. Um, I'll tell you one area of this game for Tampa that you were you were right about and pretty much spot on, and it wasn't something I I didn't see, I didn't think it would be in, going to immediate effect. But Fournette got the heavier workload in this offense this week. Mm-hmm. Fifteen, he outcarried him. Uh, Ronald Jones, fifteen to seven. Um, they like Ronald Jones had uh, four catches for four targets. Fournette had three catches but saw six targets. So Fournette's demanding some of the 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 the, yeah. the running back game in in that offense. I could also easily see this being like a week to week thing i agree because and i I hope it is because i played for net next week in in fantasy so i really hope it is but because like as bad as the giants are on offense they they are a top 15 defense Mm -hmm. so it's like you can't say that like they they can stop you as they showed against A, a, a team that everyone has favored as the NFC favorite, and, um, and I'll go ahead and say that the Giants' defense is probably a little bit a little bit better than their statistics say because their offense is so bad and their defense has to be on the field all the time. Yeah, yeah. like when you have to defend for 70 percent of the game, you're going to inevitably give up plays and scores. It's the odds are stacked against the defense. The fact that they're still top fifteen. Tells you they're probably closer to a like between top five and ten in that ballpark. Yeah, and, um, and it's like because we're, like Ronald Jones came in and got all the early work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the early work, especially on that opening drive. Like I don't think Fournette checked in until they were in the red zone, or at least I think they were actually inside the ten goal to go um, for the first time to Fournette to check in, and that was on the second drive. Um, but Ronald Jones got featured early and for the most part, at least in the run game, got stopped. Yeah. Um, I, 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 am not a, I'm not a football guru. I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 I favor myself merely as an arm, like a, like an armchair quarterback. Like I, but I know, I know. F- I I would like to believe I know football more than like most of your generic fans. 
like your basic NFL fans. I, I feel like I have a better understanding of a game than most would be because, because I mean, they're the same people who are lauding Jimmy Garoppolo as the fucking, uh, uh, uh. like that's the guy who got us to the Super Bowl. No, he's not. You need to watch tape. You need to actually sit down and watch the fucking games. Um, but like just looking at this early split, I could very easily see this. Like I like I already said, I could see this being a week a week back and forth between Ronald Jones right. and Leonard Fournette because Ronald Jones did enough in Fournette's injury absence to show that he can be the number one, and Fournette has been the number one in a different system. Mm-hmm. And Ronald and and Fournette has done enough with the limited amount of touches he's had in Tampa Bay sure. to say he deserves more touches. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's yeah, no, I agree with that. So, uh, let's see. In this one, I got the A, you got the C, and that means that our final that was the last game. So, the final report card is coming up next. Stay tuned and find out how we did. All right, everyone, welcome back. It is time to give you guys the final breakdown of our report card. So, Tyler, we did bad. Did we? We did bad. Yeah, no, I already know how bad we did. I, 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 I was able. I didn't even need to see the report card to see how. It's just nobody did good. Nobody did good this week. There's nobody who picked the Dolphins. Who picked the fucking? Yeah, I mean the Vikings. I'm sure there were some people who picked the Raiders. The Bengals. Right. I, it's yeah. yeah, it this was a bad week. So it was an upset heavy week, and you and I tied with a final GPA of 1.71 are by far our worst showings yet since we started this podcast. So that makes me what three one and one. We might have we might have two ties. I got to look back. We do not have two ties. Next week, I will update everyone with our our current standings. I I don't have that on me right now, but I will. I can I can tell you right now, we do not have another we do not have another tie. That's no three one and one does sound about about correct. So yeah, does. Um, so let's just let's just move on. Let's just go to the next thing, and that is our. Thursday night game between your 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. Current line is at seven points. Who you got? Who you give got? The, give me the Packers at the over. I'm done betting on the 49ers. Um, as if it wasn't bad enough, as, as to all the people the 49ers were missing <clears throat> going into this week. You're already missing Bosa. D. Ford hasn't seen the field since week one. You traded Quan Alexander to the Saints. <clears throat> Chikwaski Tart's been missing the last two weeks and looking questionable for a third. Uh, Richard Sherman not coming back till after the bye. This fuck, and then you throw in Mostert on the IR again. Coleman back on the IR. 
Yes, Debo on the IR. Oh, he's not on the IR, but he's not he's not going to play until after the fucking bye week. And then Ayuk is now on the COVID list. Yes, Trent Williams is now on the COVID list. Kittle out for the season. Garoppolo, hopefully never suiting up for the 49ers again. This is not, it's, it's not anyone who it's going to be a shit show because the, the one thing the Niners were able to do against two meetings against the Packers last year that led to dominating wins was run the fucking ball and disturb Aaron Rodgers with a pass rush that consisted of only four people. Mm-hmm. The Niners are not going to be able to do that. Either one of those things. I mean, Jamichael Hasty is averaging two and a half yards of carry. So, you know. Well, he averaged, he averaged two and a half last week. He's not averaging two and a half on a season. Okay. Yeah, no, but, but I get what you're saying, and I agree. Uh, at seven points, I will happily, happily take the Packers in this one. Devonte Devonte Adams is going to have such a fucking big game because it also plays into a couple weeks ago when you picked Houston to upset Green Bay when Green Bay got throttled by by the Buccaneers the week before. No man, Aaron Rodgers is coming out petty and not only just coming off a loss, he's facing a team that he got his ass whooped in that same stadium, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Twice last year, Aaron Rodgers is gonna have a big day. Uh, Devontae Adams gonna have another big day. Devontae Adams scored five touchdowns over the last two fucking weeks, so he's looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great day for Packer fans. And Tanya, I'm gonna say right, Tanya's gonna have a good game. Uh, the 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 one like silver lining for Niner fans is that Green Bay is down to their fourth string running back. So they're actually calling up a running back from uh the practice squad to play in this I one. don't I don't want to hear about any silver lining for the 49ers <clears throat> when you're talking about their opponents. Well, they're down to their fourth string running back. The Niners have lead lead the league in one aspect. And I'm not I'm not saying this is a joke. It's a fact. They lead the league in players on the IR. Absolutely. They this team has been so injury riddled. Like it's it's almost uncomprehensible how bad this team has been bit by the injury bug. The the 2020 revenge tour turned into the 2020 rehabilitation tour. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not in. I can't, I can't say I'm embarrassed because it's just like, what can you do when you're a team – like a team like the 49ers had significant depth at a lot of positions. But when you're losing a lot of your depth, what are you supposed to expect? Yeah, no, you guys are banged up on a whole nother level. I'm yeah. pretty sure by the end of the season that the practice squad will be your starting squad. The practice squad is fill- wait to see- wait till you see what the Niners roll out at wide receiver. Trent Taylor is the projected wide receiver one now. Wow, That's... with Richie James and who the fuck knows? Because <laughs> Ayuk, 
Debo, Kendrick Bourne. Those are your top three receiving options outside of Kittle. And they are I oh out. I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna be going to bed super early tomorrow night because <laughs> Thursday night games come on here is around halftime. It's like nine o'clock. I'll be able to go click and turn it off and go to fucking sleep. All right. So fantasy stud, fantasy dud for this Devontae game. Adams. I fan uh, yeah, he's a he's a he's a He's the second best receiver in the league. He, I, I, I'm predicting another two touchdowns for Devontae in this game. Um, but Aaron Jones is trending towards playing. He may be on a snap count, but he's trending towards playing. Um, fantasy dud. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if anyone is thinking that my fantasy dad fucking I, I i don't know there's nobody on the 40 i'd say nick mullins i don't know because nick mullins has been productive in kyle shanahan's offense at times and some people may look at this matchup against green bay as a favorable matchup for him he no he looked really bad against the fucking eagles uh, yeah that dud for Nick Mullins, I guess. I don't fucking know. You you go, because I'm so fucking battered and torn with this goddamn team. <laughs> they're, fi- they're a 500 team, and I hate them. So my fantasy stud is going to be Aaron Rodgers. I think he's – I think, he, like you said, he, he lost a game. He does not typically lose games back-to-back. He tends to come out. With a bit of a vengeance. This is going to be Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour game right here against the Niners. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> against, no, against second stringers. But I understand where, you, where what you were getting at. Like, he's going to get his revenge against everybody who kicked his ass. He's going to get their against their backups. I understand. I understand. He's going to get his yards, his points, his, yeah, yeah. he's going to have a, he's going to have a good uh, fantasy game. I, I, if you have Aaron Rodgers, um, start him this week. Uh, Fantasy dud, same team. And it's going to be the running back position. And I know that we got the, like, is it going to be Aaron Jones or is it going to be this guy named Tyler Irvin? who is projected to be the starter in case that Aaron Jones does not play either way, San Francisco, despite all their injuries have been respectable, actually more than respectable. They have been the second best team in the league at limiting opposing running backs. Yeah. And there's not that many more injuries they had from last week to this week when it comes to stopping the run game on defense that's that's gonna like make a big difference. So, whoever the starting running back is for for Green Bay, obviously if it's Aaron Jones, you probably have a little too much draft capital invested in him to not start him. But I'm not. Don't expect a big game from him, and don't expect like if you're if you're sitting there hunting the waiver wires for Aaron Jones's fourth or fifth string backup, this isn't the week to 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 do that. It's I'll not. give you I'll give you one more sleeper, one sleeper through this and. If this sleeper turns out and doesn't play, which we don't know, it's up in the air. He's limited to practice. Um, 
his backup would be the fucking third string. Uh, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed is back at practice. Is he healthy? He, he, I mean, it's Jordan <laughs> It's a fair Reed. question. It's, it's a, a fair it's question. Jordan Reed. And the 49ers. Um, he's trending towards playing yeah. with all the receiving options they don't have. Um, Nick Mullins could be looking his way. And if not him, if he doesn't go, then look at Ross Dwelly if you're looking to stream a tight end. Um, it's gonna be God, it's gonna be such an ugly game. If the Niners fuck around and win this game, I, I swear to you, have your volume to the lowest level possible if you're gonna listen to the next episode of For the Faithful, because if they fuck around and win this game, I'm going to scream. Yeah, at this point, you're just sab- sabotaging your own team. You you are fourth place and probably the toughest uh, division in football. And the only thing you have left to play for is a draft pick. Yeah. There is no point in winning games anymore this season. None. There's none. 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 Fucking none. Get the best pick you can. Fucking see what you can do with it. See if you can bring in a veteran fucking quarterback. Oh, God, we'll just wait for everybody to come back healthy. Oh, my God, dude. This team is a fuzz full of backups. <sighs> this team was just in the Super Bowl. Do you understand the fucking highs and lows? Like, uh, this has been my life, dude. Uh, it's, this look, has been my life as a 49er fan. Like, majority of my life as a 49er fan, the 49ers have been terrible. Then they had that three-year stretch where they at least made the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. And then they sucked again. And then, oh, Garoppolo. Oh, oh, he tore his ACL. Well, we suck still. And then, oh, oh, he's back. God damn it. We're in the Super Bowl. Oh, we lost again. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Well, you know, you know, Moster tweaked his ankle. Oh, Nick Bosa's out for the season. Here we fucking go. That was week two. It's week fucking nine, and I'm so over football. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you guys have had, you get, okay. To your credit to be four and four in your division with the amount of injuries you had Niners, uh, backups have played great, which is their worst possible thing that they could do. It really is. It really is. They're one and two in the division. And that one win came against the Rams who just shit the bed against the fucking Dolphins, Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, they're there. Some of their losses haven't been they lost against the Eagles. <laughs> I they lost to the Dolphins and not just the Dolphins, they got blown out. Yeah, I will say yeah. this the Rams will not lose in week nine. I can promise you that. Well, yeah, because you're an idiot. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up this podcast. Tyler, any last words? No. Every week we do this, I get sadder and sadder. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I do. It was a like, rough week for you last week. I don't, yeah, I mean, it ain't even the picks. It's just every week somebody else goes down and this is like i want to be upbeat about the rest of the nfl because i just i don't just love my own team i love football as a whole and i love 
watching every game and I love playing fantasy football. I love, I love all of it, but God damn it. It is, it is testing my goddamn patience. But again, apologies, everybody for this one coming out a day late. Um, like I said, man, in, in this world, like DC and I have busy ass schedules, work and family related. Um, yeah, and it gets it's with the big whatever the fuck is going on in the world right now. Um, follow us on Twitter at Unsport Comment mm-hmm. for uh, for for our podcast Twitter page. You can follow me at TKLEIN forty nine er. If you want to attack me brutally, and I mean you're more than welcome. I really don't care. I'll I'll, I'll fire shots back. I I really don't give a shit. Um. Good. Good luck to whoever you're starting Thursday night. I really, really hope they don't play for the 49ers. Um. <laughs> uh, DC. Uh, uh, another fun episode to do with you. It's uh, yeah. It's ten fifteen, and and Daddy needs to go to bed. <laughs> All right. Well, that just about wraps it up. Everyone have a great night. Good luck to all of you. If you have a game, a player playing in Thursday night's game, uh, we will be back on Friday night with our uh, week nine matchup predictions. I'll, we'll talk to you then. Take care. Bye-bye.